the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone great. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Hannibal. Oh, Mr. Dot Commer. On WEEI.com. Special off day podcast. A uh, little NFL draft starting this draft series where we'll break down uh, position by position relevant to the Patriots because obviously they don't need some certain positions. But today we're going to start with the quarterbacks and running backs. Andy, uh, let's start with the quarterbacks. Just your general thoughts on the position as it relates to the Patriots. Well, see, this guy called Tom Brady left the team this last year. So what are you moving? You just made your audio sound terrible. So, so for the first time in 30 years, they need a quarterback. Not quite 30 years, but basically Bledsoe and Brady, franchise quarterbacks. Now you have your boy, Jared Stidham, who you're trying to tell me was uh, the best high school quarterback in the country or whatever. Listen, I'm not trying to tell you anything. I'm just, I'm just relaying the message to what the rivals ranking said, what his quarterback's coach said, what his high school coach said. Yes, he, he was a great player in high school, but, I mean, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Of course, his, his coaches are going to say that he was great. And I do. And there's only one person who can really decide what Stid is these days, and that's Bill Belichick. Huh? Stiddy now, too. Oh, Stiddy. Sorry. No, well, well, Belichick said Stid, but then the McCordys and I think someone else said Stiddy. Oh, I did hear the McCord. Uh, Devin did call him Stiddy, I think. Yeah. Yes. Um, but really, it's, it's what Bill thinks, and I guess to a lesser degree, Josh McDaniels, what they think he is. Is he a placeholder? Is, he, is his upside, you know, top five quarterback? Is his upside middle-of-the-road starter? That old quote from that old story that Bill thinks if you just give him the 15th best quarterback in football, he can – win a Super Bowl that way. So it all depends on what they think Stidham is. But I also think you have to at least consider that he's not going to be the next guy. Like the chances are you draft a guy in the fourth round, chances are much better that he is a journeyman career backup than he is the next best thing. Now, maybe he's Russell Wilson. Maybe he's one of those mid-round guys who is going to be a franchise quarterback, but the likelihood is not good. So you look at the possibility that depending on your guy, your guy's kind of the wild card here, Cody Kessler, because you have, well, you know, in, in the reality, the depth chart, yes, you have, you have Stidham as the fourth round riser, you know, is he great? Is he, then you have the, the veteran in Brian Hoyer, who you brought into, I think be the, as I keep saying it, break class in case of emergency. That's what he is. Right. So you, what is Kessler? Is Kessler sticking around? Is he a warm body right now? Is he a camp body? Who's gone? Is he, what is he? I think they. Don't, I don't think they know. I think they have to figure that out for themselves. Well, you'd have to figure that out before the draft if you are intent on maybe taking a quarterback. You so could, you could go into training camp with four quarterbacks. Oh, you will go into training camp with four. But if the fourth one comes with the twenty-third pick, uh, it's not a guy. Well, to to me, they need to find out what they have at Stidham first because they they don't know. You can't. That's why you have to wait a year. So you don't think there's any chance that they use, you know, all these mock drafts that have Jordan Love or somebody nope. else at 23? Nope. No nope. chance. Nope. That's a hard no from Ryan Hannibal, who hard rarely no. has a hard no or a hard yes. Hard no. They have other needs, great, way greater needs. And you have to find out what you have in Stidham. Like, I would – you go into the year, you let Stidham play it out and see what you have. And then if he sucks, then next year you draft the guy high. Well, or or, or spend, spend big money on a guy in free agency. Because that's going to wrap up this quarterback podcast then. Well, to, me, to be fair, I, I think that they could still draft the guy just in the later rounds. It's, okay. just not, it's not worth pick number 23 on a quarterback. 
Well, what if a guy is really good there? But we can go through it, but you know that all the top guys are probably going to be gone. Like, teams are going to trade up to get these guys. We see that every year. Well, maybe. We'll see. Because, I mean, certainly, okay, let's get into it. Joe Burrow is going to go number one overall. He should. In my opinion, he's the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. I was late to the party on some of the guys like Mahomes, who I didn't like as much as he ended up being good. Uh, I think Burrow is a more polished type prospect than Deshaun Watson, even though Watson's obviously a great player and a winner. So I I love Joe Burrow. The one concern with Joe Burrow is he's a one-year wonder, and he's in, you know, the scheme – He's not going to the Carolina Panthers, so he's not playing in the same offense with a guy who deserves credit. You know, it used to be LSU was, you know, Leonard Fournette country, where you just ran, 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 ran. Quarterbacks were sort of bit players. Even the wide receivers, they were talented, obviously, the OBJs in the world, but they were never highlighted because they weren't going to throw for 50, 60 touchdowns and all that. So Brady took that offense to a new level. How much credit does he deserve? How much is Joe Burrow really good? I mean, obviously Joe Burrow, like Jarrett Stidham, he came out of high school as an elite prospect. So he has Stidham, talent. He was, in, he was in the same class as Stidham. Right, but he was an elite prospect is my point. Like, yeah. you don't go to um, Ohio State and then LSU if you're not a stud. He, yeah, he was, at, he was at the elite 100 NFL, the quarterback, right. whatever they call him, the, the, the showcases. So even though he's a one-year wonder in terms of his production. He was still at the top of the, the class. Right. He, he, he has the skills. He has the talent. I, I love the pick. Um, Chris Scheim at our station, one of the producers who fancies himself a bit of a draft Nick as well, actually posted a mock draft on our website. Um, he, he thinks a strong argument can be made that the Bengals shouldn't draft Joe Burrow, that they're not set up for it. or I, I don't even really understand his argument, but. Joe Burrow, to me, is the obvious only pick for the Bengals at number one because if he's what I think he is, which is I think the floor for Joe Burrow is Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so like a 10-ish quarterback in the league? Yeah, 10, maybe a little lower, maybe 12 to 15. But to me, he's a starting NFL quarterback. I just think his overall abilities, his accuracy is stupid. You know, you just watch him and he just hits everything. Um, He has athleticism. He can move a little bit. You know, I don't think he has a wow arm necessarily. I think his arm is sort of average. But I think he – and you and I have talked about this. He also has a little bit of – Cockiness. Yeah. Confidence. Is it confidence? Is it swagger? Or is it cockiness? Is it being a jackass? I just – that worries me just a little bit. But I also – Everybody around him raves about him. And I know I'm breaking my own rule here about you never ask, like, his coach or his mom or whatever. But, like, the Kevin Fox of the world, like, oh, everybody comes in. I tell him he's Tom Brady. He's the next Tom Brady. He works hard. He's, like, everybody loves him. Blah. So I buy into that a little bit, and I trust their analysis and, and that he is not a jackass. He's not a Johnny Football or anything like that. Right. Not even maybe a Baker Mayfield, who clearly has some issues in that area. Um, so I love Joe Burrow, but obviously Joe Burrow, not a, not an issue. I don't love Tua. No, not a Tua guy. I think he's good. Not great. Um, I I think he's probably an NFL starter, but I don't think he's a high end NFL starter. Um, where do you think he goes? I think he goes early, you know, that video that he put out the other day helps his causes. And you know, the, this whole coronavirus, no medical rechecks thing, um, could hurt him, but I think I think all these trades. Everybody, a lot of people have the Lions trading. 
from yep. three. Um, that there seems to be a lot of plausibility, I guess, in there. He's team. going top five. Yeah, and so he's fine. Like I don't, I don't love him. Like if he were the number one prospect, then I think you could make an argument. If but you're he's like not the worth bench. number one pick, yeah, right. But as the next quarterback, and we know teams just they go to get quarterbacks, right? Have it is what it is. Uh, um, now, Herbert, you want to get into Herbert? Herbert, um, I like. Um, he's an interesting guy because he obviously has the height. Um, ha- you watch him, and he has like the skills. Like, yep. I just, for whatever reason, I just don't love him. Now there are questions with his like leadership ability and like how he could command a huddle and yeah we were at the combine I I was listening to him I thought he came across pretty well he did and he's a smart kid he's like a perfect GPA kind of guy I think academic Heisman type all those academic All American lists or whatever Um, but that leadership thing too I I just think that comes it's an evolution I mean I don't know that you can ever predict that or bank on it like obviously Tom Brady had the leadership and everybody wasn't sure if he had everything else coming out of Michigan. And then he put everything else together and still had the leadership. And so we'll see. I think that can be sort of evolve or evolutionary as your career goes on. But I think he's a first round talent. I think he's the the third and final first true first round talent in this draft. Um, there may be other guys that go in the first round because as you mentioned earlier, that's what happens with quarterbacks. But I think Herbert is the last – there's three first-round talents, in my opinion. He's the third first-round talent. And I know a lot of people have been talking about the Chargers. That's maybe. what I was going to say. I like that fit. Possibility. Um, they could certainly use a quarterback. Uh, to, it looks like Tyrod Taylor's their guy for now, unless they right. revisit Cam Newton or Jameis Winston or one of those types of things. They also kind of need to make a splash in a way to you know, build that – they didn't get Brady's and they got the new right. stadium and – I don't know if Herbert's that splash of a guy, but he's somebody they sort of get your head around. Anytime you take a quarterback high in the first round, I feel like there's a splash. He also kind of looks the part of like an L.A. quarterback uh, in my mind. Like a surfer type? Yeah, he's got a little bit of that, I feel like, West Coast L.A. fit look to him. Um, Not that that really matters, because if he stinks, it doesn't matter. And if he's good, it doesn't matter what he looks like. Um, So, yeah, Herbert, I'm a – I guess I'm just lukewarm on. I definitely don't like him anywhere near the top two, but I think he's got a better upside. You know, you you mentioned like this Rosen comparisons with him. Um, That's probably fair because I kind of liked Rosen coming out and it obviously hasn't worked and he's not that good, but I think he was worth a chance as a first round quarterback. Um, So then that leads us into like the Patriots territory. The tier of, yeah, our team's going to go for the fourth best quarterback in the first round with the Patriots being in line. I mean, that answer is going to be yes. Like, you'd, if you're going to say now, there's going to be more than three quarterbacks taken in round one. Yes, and it's Jordan Love and Jacob Eason. Those are the next two. Yeah. Seems like Jordan Love has sort of taken steps to establish himself as the fourth option um, ahead of Eason. There's a lot to like about him. There's a lot to fear about him. He's a little bit like your guy in some ways, um, Stidham, in that he had a better second to last year than last year, um, in part because of a coaching change, in part because personnel around him changed. Um, I got to tell you, I read, I don't know if you know much about him personally, his dad committed suicide when he was 14. Uh, I read a feature on him this morning that literally I was crying 
Um, Cause his father, the family, I don't know if this is proven as fact, but the family fully believes he was not depressed and did not have issues. They changed his blood pressure medication. And apparently in small um, minority of, of cases, that change can have massive mood changes and like suicidal thoughts yeah. and suicidal attempts. And that's what happened with him. He was a cop that everybody loved and was fun loving. And he used his um, cop gun to shoot himself, basically yeah. weapon to shoot himself. Uh, but love uh, built off that. I, I don't know if you remember listening to him at the combine. He was sort of talking about like, I'll never let football get bigger than real life. I've yep. been through enough in real life that um, he's, I guess if you're marketing him as his agent, you're marketing the next Patrick Mahomes. That's what everybody's utilizing as this. He has that kind of athletic ability, that kind of arm. It can be kind of ugly at times because he falls victim to even Aaron Rodgers, you know, back foot. Right, aiding to the side, throwing your typical quarterback. Like he's not your orthodox stand in the pocket, three step drop, get rid of it. No, but you can take that for what it's worth. And the good times, you know, Patrick Mahomes turns it into great success. Aaron Rodgers turns it into great success. Other guys don't necessarily. I know Drew Locke last year tried to sell himself as sort of the next Aaron Rodgers. And yeah, my footwork and fundamentals aren't great, but it make it work for me. Um, Jordan Love, he's a little bit of a project. You know, ideally, he would have to go the Mahomes route, I think, and sit behind some good veteran for a year. Um, Trying to think of an exit. The Indianapolis Colts, to me, would be a nice fit for him. Play behind Phillip Rivers for a year or two and then take over. Because they're going to be in need of a quarterback in a year or two anyway. Right. Oh, hell, how about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where he could sit behind Tom Brady for a year or two and then take over? I think that's the kind of place. That's a fit. Yeah, that he – and to to the similar degree, Jacob Eason. Um, Jacob Eason, a very different prospect. Oh, I like Jacob Eason. I think – Not the son of Tony Eason. Well, he, not, is, son, well, he, he is, is the son, son of Tony Eason. Yes. Jesus. Not the Tony Eason. The Tony Eason. He played wide receiver at Notre Dame. He's a pretty good athlete. The, 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 he's not the Patriot connection. No. And it actually says that in his Wikipedia page now. I noticed that they've added that to his bio and everything, made it clear that he's not. Sure, how many people got that wrong? Uh, a lot of people, including people that shouldn't have and should yes. know better. Yes. Um, but Jacob Eason uh, went to another one of these guys, which I feel like is becoming more and more the norm, went to Georgia, is from Washington State, was the National Gatorade Player of the Year for football his um, final year in high school, 15, 16. Went to Georgia, won the starting job, then got hurt his second year. Fromm took over. Eason lost his job, transferred back to his home state, played for the Huskies, had to sit out a year. So he really has his freshman year and then last year are his two seasons. Yep. And has a the strongest arm probably of this whole group. Um, good size. He's like 6'6". Six, six. He's probably the biggest of the group. Um, I like him. First of all, he comes off a little douchey. I'll say that. And but, I don't know. But that's not a bad thing. Well, no, but it can be. I don't know. A lot of quarterbacks do. Like Jay Cutler came off as douchey back in the day, and I think yep. he's a douche. Yep. And what did he ever win? Nothing. So you're comparing Jacob Eason to, to Jay Cutler? No. Well, he's not as good an athlete as Jay Cutler is either, but he has the strong arm and has that Jay Cutler, Brett Favre, what a overconfidence in the arm where he's going to try to throw it into – he sees a little daylight. Oh, no, I can get it in there. And he can't. Um, but I like his upside. And he's more of a – he's like a pro 
style pocket passer, which he probably fits the Patriots system more than Love does. Um, yeah, probably. Although I don't even know with you know Josh thinking he could make Tim Tebow a quarterback, right. and it, like, or even your guy Stidham. Stidham is not a a pocket passer type. So who knows where the Patriots offense? That's another one of the great questions. The post Tom Brady era, where the what are they? Yeah. Yeah, what Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick see as the offense. And some of that will have to do with who they have, maximizing their strengths. But Eason, yeah, would be more of a a pocket passer, strong arm, Drew Bledsoe type, although he ran a pretty good 40. I think he's a little more athletic than people give him credit for. But, yeah, he's a pocket passer. So what's your percentage of the Patriots taking either Love or Eason with pick number 23? Um, I am going to say pretty low, 15%. Yes. Something like that. Unlikely, but possible. Yeah, I think they like Stidham, and I think they want to see what Stidham can be. And if even if they feel like they need to have an insurance policy, I don't think they would do a first-round insurance policy. So then you start looking at, you know, the next tier, Jake Fromm. Um, I'm not a big Jake Fromm not guy. I, I don't – he's Our a dink. Is him in high school. He doesn't, doesn't even really like football. It's like the passion's not there. Right, and but he's like – He's a dink and he's like Brian Hoyer. <laughs> I right. think he's no, going like, to be a, a backup. Like he doesn't, he, his, if you look at his tape, he doesn't really make any big throws, deep no. throws, tough throws. It's, you're right. It's a lot of dump offs to running backs. And he's, yeah, all his throws are like 10 yards or under, 15 yards or under. Um, he's surrounded by talent, obviously, at Georgia all the time. So you can dump it off to backs, you know, hit tight ends, hit short receivers, and they let them do it. So it's a little bit like, um, sort of the Alabama quarterbacks over the year, like the A.J. McCarron, all those guys that, yeah, of course they had great success. They were game managers who got the ball to their athletes and, and stayed out of the way. Right, exactly. And that's what he is, and I don't think – I mean, that, that's fine for a backup in the NFL, but you don't draft that to be your starter or your franchise guy or anything like that. So, Jake from Yamanoan. I watched some of those things, the QB1s. Did you watch those back? Sure did, yep. Yeah, and – I he's likable in some ways and unlikable in others. And I just, yeah, if you want to pencil him in as my backup as like a fifth or sixth round pick, I think you'd feel good about that in a couple of years, but. But he's not going to go higher than that. It's not, not worth the investment. Right. So yeah, I wouldn't. The upside's and, and, not there. Um, Jalen Hurts is he, another guy who. He's got a lot of love with Patriots fans. I think they view him as like a third round target. Why? No, I agree. I'm with you. I don't think it's worth it, but I think he's just a name. Came from Alabama, put up great numbers in Oklahoma. People know him, so I think that's why people are getting excited, but I don't think it's a fit either. Yeah, well, first of all, everybody's going to put up great numbers at Oklahoma because of the scheme. Um, I like him for the fact that I think he handled one of the toughest situations in the history of college football with the ultimate class and, like, perfectly. But I'm sorry, I can't dra- – like – you, I'll take those guys. Like, if he were a seventh-round flyer or an yeah. undrafted guy. Sure, absolutely. It's like when Bill takes the kid out of Navy because he knows he's getting a good kid who works hard, who's like right. – and he's just trying to throw a bone to a kid out of Navy. I would take Jalen Hurts in that way as, like, a, an undrafted guy or maybe a seventh-round pick. But anything beyond that, I don't think he can play quarterback in the National Football League. I don't think he has a future at the position. I'm not sure he has a future at any position. Well, wasn't there talk about trying to move him around a little bit? Yes. Um and maybe you try that, like your boy, Danny Etling, or whatever, down the road. Yeah. Um, I just – he's another one of those – kind of like your guy, Danny Etling. 
if if I were being totally Mark's honest with him, I'd give up on your playing career, go be a GA somewhere and start your coaching career because I think you're a leader of men and a hard worker and all those things. And I think you could go places with your intangibles, but I just don't think he has the tangibles to to be an NFL quarterback. I just I'm sorry. It hurts to say. Good one. Good one. I guess I mean there's other late round guys. Anyone that stand like those are probably the guys that are like in that second or third tier, like the rest of the guys are probably, you know, late round picks that are just flyers. Yeah. The, um, the, the one guy, there's a couple of guys that I think could be backups. Um, yeah. The one guy I think you could take as a late flyer that might have upside is the uh, Hawaii kid, Cole McDonald. Yep. Um, certainly has the size six four two twenty. And the numbers um, too. Great but- numbers, but that's all scheme. It's all shotgun and, um, kind of a lot of crap but he throws a good ball he throws a nice ball he's got the size he's a guy that I could I could take and say maybe in our system in a year or two we can turn him into a emergency starter slash backup but I I don't I don't think he has that much upside and then the other guys um, the Washington State kid put up big numbers after Minshew to me he's just a backup at best in the National Football League Um, Anthony Gordon um, Nate Stanley out of Iowa, I could see as a Patriots backup just because of the connection, and he's one of those. Well, he was he was ranked pretty high last year, and then went down this past this past year. That's because he's not very good. Well, I think frankly. teams realized, or you know, it was shown that he's not that great. I I like I like to write in my notebook different things, and I wrote average at absolutely everything. Like he's not inept in any way. He's not also Jay not Patterson. Good. No, no, but he's also not good in any way. Like there's, he has the size, which I guess would be the one upside to him. Um, But he's like a borderline 60% completion percentage, like just not that good. But again, if you're looking for just a late round flyer on a guy as a fourth quarterback to compete and maybe be a backup, maybe on the practice squad for a year, I think you could do much worse than Nate Stanley. But I don't think it's a great quarterback class. It's very. That's what I was just gonna say. It's top heavy, but after that, it goes down and it goes down quick. Yeah, Joe Burrow is to me an elite prospect. Then you have a couple good ones, and then you're falling off pretty quickly after that. Um, And so that's why I kind of agree with you. I don't. I don't even know that it makes sense for the Patriots to pick a quarterback in this draft. Quite frankly. So you're talking yourself out of it. I mean, with all their needs and. I don't think a ton of them. I mean, I guess a flyer on like Cole McDonald. Well, that's kind of what I was going to say. If they're going to pick one, it's probably a McDonald, a Stanley, any guy in the seventh round that they think could just be a flyer and be a camp body. Yeah, because I think Love and Eason will get overdrafted. And then there's not much after them that I want to draft in the middle, quote unquote, part. Even in your middle, because the Patriots don't have a second round pick. So their third round picks are even that more important that they can't just use as a flyer. Right. So, yeah. Nah, I don't think they should draft a quarterback. If they were to draft a quarterback, who would your guy be? Um, well, my first guy would probably be Eason. Yep. If I if he somehow slips and he's like available at a hundred or wherever they pick at the you know that after the the third round, um, and then Cole McDonald in like the seventh. Yep. No, I'm not really interested in much else. So it really, really does depend sort of on Stidham because I, I think that if this was – if they didn't have Stidham in their back pocket, I could see them maybe making a play to trade up in the draft for somebody like Herbert maybe. 
Like, would you see that if they didn't have Stidham? Would they? Yeah, but how? How are they no, going to get up there? Right. They don't have the picks. I was, I was just doing that when you called me. To, so the first pick, using the old trade value chart that yep. they have, is 760, the value. Yep. And then you drop off to 150, 108, 147, 14. Even if you traded all your picks, like you don't have the ammo unless you're willing to sell out the future. Right. And I personally wouldn't be willing to sell out the future. Like they usually take advantage of teams by trading for their picks when they think that team's going to stink and they can get a pick at a top of the round. Right. You're the Patriots and you trade next year's first round pick. It could be a top 10 pick. Correct. So you're trading that to get Herbert? Right. So I just, I don't see any way that they should trade up. I see limited way they should draft at 23 a quarterback. And really, there's not much in this draft at all that I think suits their needs. So we just talked a lot for nothing. All right. You want to move on to running backs? Yes. I like running backs. Well, I guess relating to the Patriots, though, there's not really much of a need. Why? Well, you have Sony Michelle. You have Rex Burkhead. James White, Damian Harris, Brandon Bolden. It's a pretty stocked position with a good mix of veteran players and younger guys. Yeah, in theory, they're set because Sony Michelle, first-round pick, third year. Damian Harris, third-round pick, second year, although Lord only knows what he is right. at this point. Um, and then even James White is not toast, is not done. You could no. e- easily see him sticking around. Burkhead probably moving on after this year I would think yeah but like he's not a guy that you need to like have his replacement you know in the in the picture right well I mean it's weird because I do think he's the best all-around back on the team but Burkhead yeah but you don't necessarily healthy and yeah when he's yeah right if you're just asking for somebody to go out there and play all three downs be able to run and catch Burkhead's the best they have but he can't Um, do that on a consistent basis because he get hurt nope not at all um so, yeah, Damian Harris, in theory, if he's your workhorse, if he develops into your workhorse and Sony Michelle goes a little more into the passing game, although it hasn't been his strength by any means. Over Certainly the hasn't. Although uh, I already keep saying it's coming. Uh, they do. That doesn't mean it's true. A lot of people say a lot of things are coming. Yep. A lot of religious people think there's all kinds of things coming that haven't come to fruition. Um, so, yeah, you're right. It's probably not a huge need draft, and I also don't think it's – a great draft. It's interesting because you look at the three guys, I guess, that some people think are atop the draft. DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. Yep. Um, Jonathan Taylor, huge production out of Wisconsin and extremely impressive as just a guy at the combine. Yep. yep. Um, and then J.K. Dobbins of Ohio State. Me personally, if those, if those are the top three, which seems like everybody thinks those are sort of the top three backs, A, I'm not sure any, it's a year where you need to use a first-round pick. Probably not. This could be a throwback to a couple of years ago. There was that two or three years in a row where no backs went in the first round. Um, if I were going to take one in the first rounds, it would be Dobbins. Um, I think he's the best player I like him a lot. at the position. Um, what do you have? 3,000 yard seasons, like big numbers. Played in um, big games. Like he was their feature. Explosive. Yep. He, to me, you know, just looking, you know, 5'10, 220 basically. He, to me, he has the most upside of those top three. Um, I've never been, other than the combine where I thought he was ridiculously impressive, Jonathan Taylor watching him, I think he's like the epitome of a really good college back. Like, he's, he'll be okay in the NFL, but I don't, I don't look at him and say, 
oh, there's Zeke or there's Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey or there's nobody, there's nobody in this draft that is that. Like, even no. J.K. Dobbins is not – like, his ceiling isn't of any of those guys. Probably not. And then you mix in the history of Wisconsin running backs, the offensive line. They're sort of known for backs that are better in college than they are in the pros. And part of that is because Gordon. they develop offensive line. Yeah. yeah. Elvin Gordon, most overrated running back in football for the last few years. Totally agree. Um, so, like Jonathan Taylor, I don't ever regret drafting Jonathan Taylor as a guy to have on your team as a leader probably be, will be productive. But in this day and age of devalued running backs and how important is it and blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take any of them in the first round. I don't think, I think there's a second round crop of running backs early in the second round. Um, now maybe Dobbins goes earlier than that or Swift, but I don't love it. Okay. So who, who did I fall in love with? Yep. Zach Moss. From Abs- I knew very, very little about him before I started watching tape and reading say, why, why would you? Do you watch Utah football on the regular? Nope. Not really. Nope. So not what, at all. What do you love about him? Why do you uh, think Physicality. He's the nastiest runner in this draft. And I, like, I know we're not in the freaking early 80s where Earl Campbell is, you know, kicking ass or late 70s. But he, he does that where, you know, he could run by you, but he's going to give you a little mustard. And I love – and he was productive. 3,000-yard seasons um, for them. But it, his physicality, I think he's fast enough. Um, and I think he can catch a little bit, which I think is important. You need to at least be able to catch a little bit in the NFL now. This day and age, yes. I love him. I would take him in the second round. And I would take him in the second round and think I might be getting the best back in the draft. Okay, well, I'll, I'll drop that down. Zach Moss, play, second round. See where, see where he goes. What's your uh, success rate on these? What's the Andy Hart success like? rate of guys you fall in love with actually working out probably about 85 percent so like zach moss is, is not going to get drafted in like round six. Oh, i don't know where he's going to go i'm telling you where i would draft him All i'm right. not trying to predict what these boobs will do i'm just trying to tell you he could play for me anytime now i will say i did fall in love with robert turbin out of utah state a few years mm-hmm. ago that was mostly because he had some of the biggest arms i'd ever seen and i was sort of uh swayed by that this is more I think Zach Moss can run, and I think his physicality. And do remember now, National Football League is a sub-package defense, pass first. He's the kind of guy that I think can take advantage of some undersized linebackers, run through them, be physical, safeties, and those lighter defenses, you know, those nickel and dime defenses. So it's not just that I like his style. I think he has a chance to be a really good NFL running back. Local guy, A.J. Dillon, I guess everybody wants around here. That's who everybody knows. He, yeah. he tested well at the Combine, uh, sort of was a workhorse at BC, probably could have done better with better talent around him, I guess. But where, where do you see him going? He's a big workhorse back. Um, to me, he's one of those prototypical draft him in the fourth or fifth round, feeling like you have some upside, probably not going to feel like you wasted a pick. But he may never be – He's not. He's probably not going to be where he was in college. Certainly, oh, nope. Um, but you know, like a, like Garrett Blunt, like he, he could have a thousand. It wouldn't stun me if he has a thousand yard NFL season somewhere. It would stun me if he has a long a career of, of that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he's that guy that'll be some team's third running back, and then because of injuries and circumstance, in any given year, he's going to rush for a thousand yards. And then the next year, he'll be on a different team, and then two years later, he'll be out of football, kind of thing. Um. I like him, don't love him. I like running backs in general. It's sort of a 
I would say a hole in my drafting uh, eye is that I like running backs too much, probably more than I should. Yep. Paul Perillo used to make fun of me for this because he thinks running backs are a dime a dozen. Don't ever draft one. Wasted picks. I kind of I like. I well, yeah, I like running backs more than that, and it probably too much love, and I'm probably giving too much love to Zach Moss because I fell in love with him. But um, what are some other guys that you've uh, fallen in love with or like? Um, I don't love the running back class. The Acres kid from Florida State. Um, I think he's another mid-round pick, a couple thousand-yard seasons. Uh, Eno Benjamin, the Arizona State kid, a couple thousand-yard seasons, good production. But he, to me, he's a, a college back, a late-round pick, another in that bunch. Um, you know, I, I will say the uh, Edwards Alaire kid from LSU is an intriguing modern NFL running back. In Shorter that, guy? Oh, he's very – yeah, he's 5'7", five, five, I think. 5'8", yeah. 209. Yeah, so he's a he's a smaller guy, you know, worked with Kevin Falk, really raved about Kevin Falk at the Combine and, you know, what he's learned. He's a guy that I think he did wide receiver drills, if I'm correct, at the Combine um, as a route runner. I think he runs with a little more power than people would expect or maybe even want him to based on right. his size. Um, he's not afraid of contact. He doesn't shy away from contact. In fact, he'll lower the shoulder and catch guys off guard on occasion. So in this modern, you know, is a third down back used on first and second down kind of NFL spread offenses. I think he will have some big plays in the NFL. He may never be, you know, he's not going to be Christian McCaffrey or, or Saquon right. Barkley. He's not going to be a 2,000 yard total guy, but I could see him being Rex Burkhead. You know, a guy that can run a little bit, can catch a little bit, can make some big plays. If he can stay healthy, we'll, we'll get even right. more opportunities. Um, now, from what I've seen, people think he's a second-round pick. That's probably yeah, a little – He's sort of the, in that next class below Dobbins, Taylor, and Swift. I don't love him as much as a second-round pick as I do as like a third or a fourth. I think his upside there. So, to me, second-round picks are – those are valuable picks. That's like – if you take a running back in the second round to me, you think he can be a franchise running back. You have some doubt, but you think he can be a franchise running back. I don't think Edwards Alaire can be a franchise running back, but I think he can be a good playmaker on a good offense. You know what I could see him? Put him in New Orleans, and I bet you he would make a ton of plays. Probably. I think the third round sort of like what Damian Harris was. Like, could potentially be decent, but you don't really know, and it's a third round. so it would be inactive for 14 straight weeks because he's a healthy scratch. Exactly. Um, but no, like a team like Carolina, draft him as sort of a backup to um, McCaffrey. McCaffrey, and just have him. You know, if you get him as a mid-round pick, and then if McCaffrey right. gets hurt, or if you have a contract issue with McCaffrey, I feel like you could put him in, and he's not the same guy. I don't want to mistake yeah. that, but like you're not totally changing everything you do offensively. So, uh, right fit might be a good spot. Percentage the Patriots draft a running back. Uh I'm going to keep it low, uh, 15%, and if it is, well, but see, they have so many picks that if there's a guy on there late, they're going to take him. Yeah, but you can't put quarterback have, you can't have them having a higher percentage of drafting a running back, that quarterback. Why? I don't. See, I think at quarterback, they would go in with only two or three guys they like. Whereas at running back, I think they could have a bigger pool to pull from. So late in the sixth or seventh round when they're just like, who do we have left on the board? Somebody could say, well, we still got this running back, and he's the best player available, and they take him. That's fair. The Patriots, that would be my argument there. 
I, all right, that's fair. Because you're right. The Patriots, they do have, like, a limited draft board and lower than most teams, and you're right. They're more likely to have a running back on that list than a quarterback. Right. Because I'm telling you, their quarterback, they, they won't have many guys. There'll be a few, and there won't be many draftable guys. There's more likely to be a few that they'll sign as undrafted rookies, whereas right. running backs, they might have a bigger pool. And if the guy's on the board, like, say, Edwards Alaire, we'll take him as a James White replacement in a year or two, whatever. Right. Slips. So, yeah, I would, what did I put at 15, 20% somewhere in yeah. there? Yeah. I yeah, that's where I'll stick with it. So, that we'll uh, do next week, we'll do running back. I mean, wide receivers and tight ends. Is that the plan? Wide receivers and tight ends. A very talented group, wide receivers, and a very not talented group, tight ends, but a group that they need. I was going to say, unfortunately for them, that's a group that they need. And I, I won't get into it now, but much like Moss, I've fallen in love with – not love. I like a couple guys at the tight end position, but I think it's – um, it's almost like a prearranged marriage. I'm being forced to fall in love with them more than I really am in love with them. Then our plan is to do another podcast a couple days with Patriot specific stuff. Patriot specific stuff, maybe some general NFL stuff. My Andy's random thoughts. Andy's random thought of the day. Did you see my tweet? Uh, I think so, but no, remind me. We'll throw it out there. We're not going to discuss it. We may discuss it later in the week. If Kirk Herbstreet's right, oh, and he said he would be shocked if there were football this year, both college and pros. Do the Bengals get to pick twice number one overall? Because this year's draft seems like it's full steam ahead, so they're going to take Joe Burrow. Yep. There's, say there's no fall football for either pros or college. I would think Trevor Lawrence is still coming out, and Justin Fields is still coming out. Would the Bengals get to pick number one overall again next April? That'd be interesting to see what they would do. Okay, we can talk more about it on our next podcast. All right, uh, listen to this, follow us, do all that good stuff, and then uh, we'll be back to you in a couple days with the regular Patriots podcast. Peace out.